0: The records don't lie, but your ancestors might. Welcome to The Criminal Genealogist, where true crime and genealogy intersect. Hello, my criminal genies. I'm your host, Michelle Bates, and I'm excited you're here for another episode of The Criminal Genealogist, where true crime and genealogy intersect. A bit of housekeeping before we get started. If you want to support this podcast, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, or whatever options you have where you listen to your favorite podcast. You can visit us at thecriminalgenealogist.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Links are below. All the sources I use for this research are in the show notes. Thanks, and let's get started. Josiah Schmidt submitted today's case about his third-time great-grandmother, Mary May Leota Hendricks. Josiah is a Ph.D. candidate and a professional genealogist out of St. Louis, Missouri. You can find him on Twitter at Josiah Schmidt or his website, SchmidtGen.com. I'll have his information in the show notes as well. Josiah said that May left her husband, his third time's great-grandfather, and eloped across state lines. She married her new man in Wisconsin. However, she was still married to her first husband in Minnesota. Oivy. Mary May Leota Hendricks was born March 26, 1862, in Greenfield, Wabasha County, Minnesota, to parents Coleman Stone Hendricks and Clarissa Danforth Shurdliffe. This is probably the first time I've seen consistency in someone's age from census to census, so there was little doubt what year she was born. Her father, Coleman, was a farmer and was born in Virginia. Clarissa kept the home and was born in Massachusetts. In 1870, the family was living in Minnesota, and Mary went by May in the majority of records I found for her. She was a baby of the family and had eight older siblings, five brothers, and three sisters. The six oldest were born in Illinois, and the three youngest, including May, were born in Minnesota. The oldest children were born in 1838, and May was born in 1862, a 24-year difference. There's also a gap of time between May and the sibling born prior to her, a five-year gap which is often a good indicator that there may have been another child that was stillborn or died shortly after birth. There's no record of this, but it could be a a case if you see a gap between children. Her father, Coleman, was born in 1812 in Halifax, Virginia, and according to the history of Wabasha County, his early life was spent on a farm in Ohio, which is where it is presumed he met his future wife, Clarissa. They married in Ohio in 1836 and moved to Illinois prior to 1840 when their first child was born. In 1853, he was ordained a deacon at Village Creek, Illinois, by his father-in-law, Reverend J.M. Shurdliffe. Needless to say, May and her siblings grew up in a religious home. May's mother, Clarissa, was born October 14, 1818, in Charlmont, Massachusetts, in Franklin County. She was one of 10 children born to James, Shurdliffe, and Elizabeth Gleason, and she was the oldest of the children. The family is shown in Massachusetts, Virginia, Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, back to Ohio before her parents moved to Illinois, where her three youngest siblings were born. So it's interesting that Clarissa's first children were born around the same time that her youngest siblings were which is a byproduct of having a lot of children, so it's not uncommon for the time. May's father, Coleman, died in 1877 due to neuralgia and consumption. So neuralgia is a sharp, shocking pain that follows the path of a nerve and is due to irritation or damage to the nerve. Consumption is better known as tuberculosis, which is a disease caused by bacteria that usually attacks the lungs. It was said that for the last six months of his life, he was unable to lie down and suffered through the pain. Sounds awful. May was 15 years old when he died. May's mother died in 1900 in Wisconsin. She was 82 years old and May was 39. She married Clarence M. Johnson on December 1st, 1881 in Wabasha County, Minnesota. Their marriage certificate has her name listed as May L. Hendricks, which is interesting because May seems to have been a nickname and not her formal name. Clearly the standard of proof in 1881 is not what it is in 2021. Clarence was born in April of 1861 in Westfield, Wisconsin in Marquette County. His parents were Albert M. Johnson and Sarah Ann Lackey. Clarence also grew up in a large family and was one of eight children, four boys and four girls, and he was a middle child. After marrying in 1881, Clarence and May welcomed their first child in 1882, a boy named Leroy. Another son, Ansel, was born in 1884, but sadly died three years later in November of 1887 of diphtheria. 1887 was a year of highs and lows for the family because they also welcomed a baby girl, Emma, that year, just a few months prior to Ansel passing away. I am sure the birth of a new child and then the death of another child within months of each other was bittersweet and could cause strain upon any family. Documents show the couple had another baby boy in June of 1890 and is listed as dying the same year, likely a stillborn. This child would have shown up in the 1900 census had he not died at birth and neither Clarence or May show a child of that age living with them. Shortly after the stillborn baby in 1891, Clarence found that his wife had decided that she was in love with another man and moved across state lines to be with him in Wisconsin. There was an article in August of 1891 discussing their elopement. Let's read. So this is in the Wabasha County Herald in August 19th of 1891, and it is entitled Eloped. Edward Merman is not overly handsome in appearance, but beneath his plain exterior, he has the disposition of a Lothario. Edward has made his mark in the town of Pepin, Wisconsin. He He had his being and throve until attaining his 22nd year, which event occurred last spring. He then came to the city and entered the employ of Timothy Fuller as a carpenter. There he became acquainted with Mrs. Clarence Johnson. Mr. Johnson had been working hard for several years to support his wife and two children. This season, he had been employed on the raft boat Ben Hershey and absent most of the time. During his absence, Mrs. Johnson, not being pressed for time, had abundant opportunities for study and discovered that beneath Mr. Merman's modest exterior lurked all the qualities which she admired. He also discovered that Mrs. Johnson was highly attractive. They resolved to fly away on the wings of love and riot in a life of bliss. To think was to act. The Johnson household was despoiled of its furniture and belongings, all of which were shipped to Eau Claire and leaving her two children behind. Mrs. Johnson flew to her new love. It is understood that the pair is in Eau Claire arranging for a perpetual honeymoon. The wronged husband has the sympathy of all our people as he is an industrious, respectable man. It is not likely that he will follow the runaways. Can we say absolutely mortifying that all your dirty laundry is in the newspaper in 1881 or 1891? We expect that nowadays in 2021, but I would have... Not ever thought that something like this would have been in the newspaper way back then. Poor Clarence. No marriage record was found in my research for Edward Merman and May Hendricks Johnson. So not sure whether it was ever made official or the record was just not recorded with limited time and resources. It is possible it occurred, but no validation of if or when. It is inferred that they married eloped in 1891 while she was still married to Clarence, which is bigamy and illegal in Wisconsin and Minnesota then and now. Clarence did sue her for divorce, but no criminal charges appear to ever been brought against May. This goes to show us that our ancestors may be criminal and just never charged or caught. Edward and May had six children together, the first in 1893, which is the year her divorce from Clarence was granted. Not as taboo today, but certainly so back in the 1890s. In March of 1893, Clarence was granted a divorce from May on the grounds of adultery. One article stated that he had proven to the satisfaction of the court that the defendant, May, had been false to him for some time and was at present keeping house with a man in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. May and Edward, whether officially married or not, the couple lived as such and are listed in the 1900 census as having been married for nine years, which would take us back to 1891. Also, the article about their elopement stated that May left her children behind, and this is not 100% factual, as she did take her daughter Emma with her, and Emma is shown in the 1900 census with her mom, Edward, and three half-siblings. She is likely with them as well in the 1895 state census for Wisconsin, which shows for Edward Merman that there were four females and one male, and the four females would be May, Emma, and the two daughters, Edward and May, had by 1895. Leroy Johnson, the only living son of Clarence and May, is found living with his dad. Leroy did die in 1904 at the age of 21 in Wisconsin, so he may have been living with his mom shortly after the 1900 census. Edward and Mae remained married until her death in 1934. He died in 1942. So what happened to Clarence after this humiliation? Well, he remarried in 1894 to a woman named Rose, but that ended three years later in 1897. In June of 1900, he remarried again to Florence Stevens in Minnesota. After the death of his only living son, he and Florence moved to Washington State. It doesn't appear they had any children, and he died in 1916 while in Idaho. The informant on his death certificate wasn't Florence, but it did indicate he was married. His death certificate states he was 42 and born in 1873, which isn't correct. He was 55 when he died from a hemorrhage following a fall from a wagon, which occurred 26 days prior to his death. The things we find when researching our families can be very interesting and makes you wish you could time travel and be a fly on the wall. I'd love to know why May was never charged with adultery after it was proven to the court through the divorce that she was guilty of such. She was likely pregnant at the time, so maybe the attorney generals at the time decided it just wasn't worth the effort. Or there is a record somewhere that is still to be found. Until next time, my criminal genies, remember, their records don't lie, but your ancestors might.